Did you know that this podcast is a part of the Jayzo Modcast Podcast Network? Chances are, if you enjoy this show, you'll find other great podcasts on the network, too. The Jayzo Modcast Network offers you a choice of shows seven days a week, starting with Monday. Join Rebecca C. Lofgren, Aaron Illick, and David K. Montoya in Seeing Red. The trio dive deep down the rabbit hole each week with a combination of geek and weird news. Then on Tuesdays, join the boys from the Great White North, Mike Lutz, Rob Bellamy, and Jason Beckard in the movie Madhouse as they bring you everything Hollywood and more. On Wednesdays, Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Expose Cafe, where he crosses the line of limits as he gives us news that is unforgettable and personal views that you'll definitely remember as well. Spend Thursdays with Jim Bennett and Nick McKelvey as they join forces in American Fat Ass Podcast to talk about various topics from news, sports, to their personal lives, all the while with a humorous slant in an unapologetic fashion. Fridays, Rob Bellamy is joined with Mike Lutz as they jump in the Wayback Machine to explore the archives of the JZO Modcast to give you three hours of audio entertainment in Flashback Fridays. Saturdays, join JZO Modcast founder David K. Montoya as he explores the world for a single of Who's the Boss? Then Sundays, finish the week with What We Think with hosts S. Sadie Burbank and David K. Montoya as they tell us exactly what they think about pop culture, celebrities, and the world at large with a ton of vulgarity mixed in for good measure. The JZO Modcast Podcast Network. We've got what you want seven days a week for free. Listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher or like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And don't forget to check us out at jazomon.com slash jazomodcast. And now enjoy this free Jazomodcast show. Welcome to Seeing Red. Hey, boys and girls, welcome to Scene Red. I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Aaron Illich. All right, kids, we've got together, we sat down, and we wanted, we, we have a plethora of fun for you tonight. We have multiple stories. Each of us has something to talk about. Um, who wants to go first? I guess I'll go first. All right, sounds good. Okay, what do you got for us? Well, in tradition of Scene Red... I know how much everybody loves stories about animal sex. <laughs> Apparently, because those are our most viewed shows or listened to shows. It I is. Should say. <laughs> I have a list here from one of my favorite websites, which is called Listverse. What is and it? Listverse. Spell it. L i s t v e r s e. Dot com. Yes. Okay. It's one of my favorite websites, and um, it's a list of ten extreme animal animal mating practices. Okay. Yes. Number 10 is scorpions. Get over here! It says, scorpions share the flamingo's love of precoital dancing. Even if they don't have the same appreciation for showmanship, since they are, since they limit the event to a single couple, the so-called promenade a doe, I think it's a doe, D-E-U-X? Do. Do. Whatever. Usually occurs on a moonless night, right after a male scorpion has already spent 20 or so minutes juddering around a female waiting to make his move. <laughs> when the time is right, he reaches out and grabs her pincers with his own, and the duo shuffles around in a kind of an anthropod <laughs> tango. Which Nobody can, puts baby in a Which corner. can last for an entire day. Holy shit. During the dance, the male leaves a sperm packet. A sperm packet. A sperm packet. of four. <laughs> On the ground and maneuvers a female over the top of it so she can pull it into her body. While hours of dancing might seem romantic, the pincer holding isn't so much a loving embrace as it is a male scorpion's attempt to keep the female, no, to keep the sexually cannibalistic female from pincing his head off. Oh shit. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, number nine is the boa bird. The boa bird. Okay. 
In the world of Boer birds, a male's chances of getting lucky all depend on the stylishness of his bachelor pad. So, instead of having a messy apartment strewn with old pizza boxes, bean bags, and nudie, and nudie pictures, the male Boer painstakingly constructs a home of beauty and complete uniformity. If a female Boer approves of the nest, she'll mate with the home's designer. These Australian birds build their love nests, or Boers, on the ground using twigs, rock, bones, insects, leaves, and any colorful doodads they happen to find. The main part of the nest is built with an arch or tunnel and a walkway made of small objects leading to into and out of the tunnel. Apparently, uniformity is of utmost importance in the females' judging eyes. So the males uh, deliberately put smaller items inside the walkway or and larger f farther away, which ensures that when a female stands in the center, every item appears the same size. This is crazy. I don't know how they figured this out. Yeah, no, the obstacle illusion is known as forced perspective and raises the question of whether or not birds were making art long before humans. Although male boer birds spend a large portion of their days perfecting their boers, it takes a while to get their nests up to snuff and many are never visited by a female. The older males have the best luck and the most experienced ones entertain females constantly and mate with dozens every breeding season. Huh, that sounds a lot like uh, clubs. I was right? going to say, like, the you know, the human world. It does. <laughs> Number eight is flamingos. Flamingos. Pink flamingo? Yes. <laughs> Not the drink. While many animals like to put on some type of display during a mating ritual, flamingos take things to the next level by putting on a show capable of revealing. Uh-huh. Okay. Even the best chorus lines. Before breeding, the whole community of flamingos get together and strut around in a seemingly choreographed dance. They stretch their necks, march, puff out their feathers, and swivel their heads from side to side in synchronous prance. Besides being incredibly entertaining for spectators, the dance allows the birds to judge each other closely, and scientists believe choose the mate that best mirrors their own movements. Like any good performer, flamingos understand the power of makeup, so during breeding season, they slather oil all over their body and make themselves look pinker Really? And more appealing to potential partners. The oil comes from a gland near the bird's tail, and although they regularly use the oil to protect and waterproof their feathers when breeding season arrives, they take the feathers, they take the feather preening up, up a notch. Flamingos naturally stay pink by eating crustaceans, put, put the, uh, but the oil contains a high level of carotenoids, which intensifies their color even more. That's crazy. That is crazy. So, and, whenever you see a pink flamingo, they're trying to get down. They call them flamingos because they dance. When they mate, that's the whole reason. Like with the flamingo dance, flamingo, it's flamenco dancing, but still, it's close. Right. Okay, this thing's called a qual, and I've never heard of it. it looks, I've heard of a qual. You have? What is it? It sounds like a bird, but I've heard, nope. I've heard of one, but I don't know what it is. Spell it. it if that makes any qual. sense to you. Q-U-O-L-L-L. -L -L. Qual. No, never qual heard of it. Qual. It looks kind of like a badger or a wolverine. Okay. Quolls are small marsupials native to Australia, New, Gu New Guinea, and, and blah, 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 Tasmania. And despite their cute, seemingly innocent appearances, these animals are brutal when it comes to mating. The ritual starts off ordinary enough. A male quoll starts finds a lady quoll by tracking the alluring scent of her urine and then stalks her until she realizes he's in the mood. <laughs> For her part, the female will sometimes lift her leg and allow the male a quick sniff. Which apparently is a cue she's ready to do the deed too. From there, things get decidedly more violent. During copulation, the male will jump on the female's back and brace himself by holding onto her neck. He does so with such force that, it, that it's common for the female to end up with a swollen neck and cuts all over her back. The ordeal can last up to four, 24 hours. And while the female stays still, uh, lowers her head and shuts her eyes halfway as if she's going to a happy place. Unfortunately, sometimes the male goes overboard with the aggression and kills his partner. Oh, fuck. Not to mention, if the female doesn't give in to his advances right away, he often ends up killing her immediately. Still, the females have the last laugh. Since many of the males exhaust themselves to death in a frantic pursuit to mate as many times as possible, they spend the entire mating season pumped up on testosterone, fighting other males and taking little time to eat or sleep. At the end of the year, it's not usual, unusual for a quoll population to consist of only female quolls and their young. Actually, it sounds like something that a few of our older cousins used to do. Right. <laughs> Number six is the puffer fish. Ooh, Mrs. Puff. Okay. While quolls use force to get what they want, the male puffer fish still knows how to woo a lady. 
In fact, some types of puffers go to great lengths to attract a female, which include designing detailed circular patterns in the sand on the ocean floor. These fish are only about 12 centimeters, 5 inches long. Yet some of their sand designs are over 2 meters, 6.5 feet wide, and surprisingly artistic. The fish even decorate them with pieces of shell and coral. This is crazy. I didn't know this. The male takes about 10 days to construct the elaborate nest, and if a female puffer deems the creation worthy, she'll lay her eggs in the smooth center circle of the design. Scientists aren't sure why a female will pick one nest over the other, although they think a large, ordinate design indicates the male is strong and fit. The type of puffer a, uh, a female would want to fertilize her eggs. Interestingly, people have known about these sand patterns for decades, but didn't know who or what made them. Finally, in 2012, a Japanese underwater photographer caught a fishy artist in the act. Oh, I go and I so find puffer fit fucking. Hmm. These oh. are cute. Prairie voles. Never Papa heard of them. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Have you heard of a prairie vole? No. Number five. They look like little rats or hamsters. I Consider- want to say chinchilla. They're cute. No. Chinchilla. <laughs> Considering most rodents are notoriously promiscuous, the mm-hmm. prairie vole's habit of pair bonding and staying largely monogamous. Monog- monogamous? Yes, monogamous. Is truly unique. While they still reproduce often, females have two or four litters per year. They generally only procreate with their partner, and the male and female couples share a lifelong bond. Still, prairie voles aren't immune to temptation or hormones, and one partner will occasionally have sexual deliance with another vole. Yet, despite sporadic unfaithfulness, the vole couple stay together, share a nest, and jointly raise their young. Apparently, the prairie vole's inclination towards former pair bonding all boils down to neurochemicals, a legitimate chemical romance. Unlike other types of voles, prairie voles have greater numbers of receptors for the hormone oxytocin and vasopressin, hormones that strengthen attraction and bonding. Vasopressin? Or vasopressin, yeah. Which means they tend to get a natural high by staying with a particular mate. This can form a kind of addiction to a particular partner. Scientists are studying the prairie vole and its hormones to better understand the pair bonding of humans and learn why some mates stray and others do not. That that actually on a scientist on a scientific level, I, is very interesting. Yeah. Sea This one I already know is funky. Seahorses. Seahorses, really? Mm-hmm. Similar to many humans, seahorses like to begin the mating process by going on multiple draw-out dates before committing to sex. A pair of interested interested seahorses will meet every morning for an immediate dance where they will swim side by side, interlocking their tails and move gracefully in sync. Unlike scorpions, seahorses, uh, unlike scor- scorpions, the seahorses dance really does seem to have a touch of romance. And witnessing it is enough to make even the most love-hardened person a blush a bit. Eventually the seahorse will take the dance to the next level and the female will deposit her eggs in the male's pouch. Yes, the male becomes pregnant. After the male gives birth, he'll leave his young to fend for themselves while he prepares to meet a new lady Love next mating season. Uh, I, think uh, the, I think they're the only males that carry the babies. I was going to say, I was turned off with the male being, being pregnant. That, that kind of... I guess you look pregnant every day. <laughs> well, I look, but, you know. One day he's going to wake up. I'm going into labor. Uh. <laughs> I think that's every day. Alien baby. <laughs> going into labor <laughs> on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Number three is the albatross. I think of uh, rest of yours down there. I know. The love life of an albatross is unique on multiple levels. For starters, they're monogamous, and both the male and female care for the young, a rarity in the animal kingdom. Secondly, they have a goofy-looking mating ritual, which biologists describe as a dance, but to us looks more like the birds are sword fighting with their bills. Touche! Albatrosses have a, have a long life of about 50 years, and every year... After maturity, they will gather on land to reunite with the chosen partners and breed. The chosen. When an albatross couple gets together, they will bill fence, snap their bills noisily shut, sachet side to side, and make various clacking sounds. While the interaction looks far from passionate, it seems to work well for albatrosses, and the couple will even perfect their dance and vocalizations until they have created a language distinctive to the pair. Interesting. However, the mating ritual becomes less involved and non-existent the longer two albatrosses have been together, and inevitably many humans can, re- and inevitably many humans can relate to that. 
Number two, water strider. I Those little water flies that hang out on top of the water. Oh, okay. They have weird sex. Apparently. Water striders are bugs that have the unique ability to walk on water. When it comes to mating, the males don't bother. They're Jesus fly. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, come and see the Jesus fly. Watch this fly as it comes and walks on water, performs miracle, and turns water into wine. You know they Only ha- here on Scene Red. You know they have a machine that turns water into wine, right? No. On that, this is why I'm broke. Uh-huh. There's one on there that says, it says, uh, something about, uh, who needs you when you can turn your own water into wine or whatever. <laughs> it's a little machine thing that does it. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. It is okay. Be silly. So, okay, water striders are, the, are bugs that have the unique ability to walk on water. When it comes to mating, the males don't bother with any type of traditional courtship and simply hop on the female and demand she give it up or die. If the female doesn't submit to his advances, the male will then make ripples on the water to attract predators. If she does succumb, he will stop the predator attacking ripples. So they can do their business in peace, well, as peaceful as possible, while opening, openly floating on top of the lake full of hungry fish. Unfortunately, the female water striders aren't that intimating, since they can fertilize a lifetime supply of eggs with a single session. Still, they don't want to make an already dangerous situation even more deadly. They have to give up, they have to give in to the male's bribery. I like that idea. Like, give it up or else you're dead. <laughs> Before I cut your Cuttlefish, number one. Cuttlefish. Oh, cuttlefish. Cuttlefish are squid-like mo- mollusks Come cuddle me. that are well known Come for their fish. camouflage abilities. While changing colors in a split second is highly useful for hiding from enemies, male cuttlefish also find the skill handy, handy for winning a mate. In most cuttlefish populations, the males largely outnumber the females, sometimes 10 to 1 which means the men are constantly battling for the right to claim a female. With such competition, it would seem as if the smaller, weaker males wouldn't stand a chance of mating. However, in this struggle, brains often beat brawn. It turns out, savvy male cuttlefish can mass themselves as females by changing their color, I heard their coloration, yeah. hiding their extra arm. Males have an additional arm used for dispensing sperm yeah, and <laughs> pretending to hold an egg sac. When their disguise is complete, they cross the cross-dressers simply sneak past all the fighting males and weasel their way close to the, the coveted female. Fuck a penis. I in got some no instances, the tricksters even split their disguise in half by making the side of their body facing a potential mate appear normal while the side turned towards the competition looks like a female. That way, if a rival looks over, he'll see a pack of girls. They're pretty smart. <clears throat> I, I was trying to visualize that. That, that, um... Make a Disney movie about that. Yeah. <laughs> Coming this summer from Pixar Animation. I have to say, though, that I'm a little disappointed in this list. I should have looked at it first. It's it's interesting, but it says extreme animal mating practice. It doesn't seem extreme to me. It just seems like... Interesting. Quality. Interesting. That shit seems extreme. Interesting mating acts or ugh, mating practices. It's more like... I should have read this list first. Let me fuck but... myself to death or kill So, you. S. Grant, yes. you're slipping. <laughs> Where were you, S. Grant, the person that wrote this? Oh, S. Grant. Ulysses S. Grant? Yes, Ulysses S. Grant. Came back from the dead and wrote a shitty-ass article (laughs) on animal mating. Like I said, it wasn't shitty, but when I I hear extreme, I think, like, some crazy... They're eating, like, the the female's head where they're having sex with her, and then they... Well, there's one... um, It's actually uh, a parasite within the body. And what they do... I should look this up. But when they find the female... They literally bore their penis through the female shell God. and goes into the female, detaches the male. The male then dies, but the penis is inside the female, fertilizes the eggs, right? Once the female gives birth to the eggs, then... What do you... What? They're going moth on me. Where'd it go? Mothra... Oh, we should mention that. Let me just pause that real fast. That thought, and I'll come back to it. Rebecca has a sincere phobia of insects. Any, mm-hmm. any insects. In fact, the bigger the insect, the weirder she freaks. <laughs> so anyway, going back to the, the, the virus bug things. Um, so once the penis breaks off into the woman, the male dies. 
gives birth to more of the um, the young, then get this. This is my my favorite part of this. Metamorphs into a male. The heck, that's awesome. Animorphs. Then goes and repeats that process with another female. Once they break off their penis, they die, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. So they never die. They're always the same organism. Yes. That's so weird. Except that they run into white blood cells and antibiotics. That usually does. Yeah, that, yeah. That'll, that'll kill them. Yeah. Okay, so, um, Aaron's up next. What do you got to talk about? What do you want? What are you interested in? He what, blinked out. What do you, what, 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 what are you talking about? What are you talking about, Willis? You can only read one. Why? We're taking turns. I know, but he can only read one. No, he can read more than one. One article. You're letting me read two articles? Yeah, I'm planning on reading two articles. Do you have two articles? No, I'm planning on going to bed over here. Taking a snooze during the podcast. (laughs) Sorry. I'm fucking tired, man. I should mention that Rebecca and Aaron have been at my house for the last week, and I hadn't really even pushed the podcast issue until tonight. He's ready to kick us out, so we got got to get the podcast in. Um, um, see, so he's changed the subject. No, um, no, I was gonna say the reason why I I'm pushing the podcast for tonight is because I'm not gonna be here tomorrow. Tomorrow I have to go to work, so that's why I'm pushing. I was pushing the podcast for tonight. Yeah, it's because I won't be here. That's all. You guys are welcome anytime. <laughs> you know I know. I'm ready to go home and sleep in my own bed, though. Okay, you can have that. Anyway, um. So people decided that it would be a good idea. Decided it would be a good idea. Give me Miska. Meow. Decided it would be a good idea to tweet like Jaden Smith. <laughs> Did you actually read his actual tweets? Yes. Those aren't his actual tweets. I know. They aren't. Did it you read says, the actual ones? Yes. They're so stupid. Yeah, but <clears throat> they made them, they made them sound because if you read the actual Jaden uh, Smith tweets, you're like, what the fuck is he trying to say? They actually went in there and kind of made sense of what he was saying. Yeah. Anyway, so everybody decided it would be a good fad to decide to tweet like Jaden Smith because be- Jaden Smith apparently thinks that he's a teenage philosopher. And uh, apparently everybody... I, I, I don't know. This is from the site called, uh, BuzzFeed. Uh huh. Yeah, I've heard of BuzzFeed. And, uh, the, uh, the only reason I know about BuzzFeed is because I went on their, um, their YouTube page, uh, a while back and I started looking at all these different videos and stuff that made me laugh. Right. And, um, I was like, you know what? This actually, this could be legit. So I clicked on it and I read all these. Well, I didn't read all the tweets, but I read some of them to you guys and I, I was just busting up laughing. But, uh, anyway. But before you get into the tweets, what, what is it that makes him think that he's a philosopher? I don't know. I really don't know, unless somebody's established to him that he's, he's just. His dad told him. Right, young mind. I was gonna say his dad over, you know. Yes, yes, Jaden, yes! He looks too much like his dad and his mom mixed. He, uh. <clears throat> He's an interesting fellow. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Oh yes. Okay, so hit me with some of the tweets. What do all you right. got? This is the, all these come from Twitter, obviously, because they're tweets. Right. Um. This one. This is starting from first to last. Obviously, this one says uh, hashtag tweet like Jaden Smith. If Will is my dad, and I am my my dad's son, then why am I not Will's son? <laughs> oh, that's deep, Jaden. That's deep, boy. <laughs> Here's another one. If 22 is 22, the words. Uh-huh. If 22 is 22 and 33 is 33, why isn't 11 1T1? <laughs> A fucking idiot. If God sneezes, who will bless him? Hashtag tweet like Jane Smith. Why do we bake cookies, quote-unquote bake, Uh huh. but cook 
quote unquote bacon real eyes real eyes real eyes real lies hashtag tweet like Jimmy Smith that one was just dumb <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> what the fuck are you trying to say dude right it says it says why do we bake cookies but cook bacon because you know bake, yeah I get cook, I cook, get it bake. yeah and then they're like real eyes like real and then your eyes right and then realize like you just realize something and then real lies hashtag tweet with James Smith <laughs> all right what else if Jesus can walk on water can you swim on land <laughs> permanent markers don't exist because life is temporary that one's deep <laughs> If I hit myself and it hurts, am I weak or strong? <laughs> I, I can't. He's uh, he must be on some type of drug or something. The world without art is eh eh eh. <laughs> like Canadian eh, kinda. It's like like a nonchalant eh. If two midgets are fighting. Could one of them be the bigger person and stop it? That's just wrong right there. (laughs) If vegetarians are arguing, is it still considered beef? (laughs) Okay, that one was funny. I'll give it to him on that one. That one was funny. How is the ocean blue if water is clear? Science. You'll learn about it when you get older. (laughs) If guns don't kill people, people kill people. Do toasters not toast, toast, toasts, toast, toast? Wow. (laughs) If a man exits the room on the right, has he really left? Think. He likes to play on words is what he likes to do. (laughs) I know I'm seeing a pattern here. Yeah. Go ahead. When you're waiting for the waiter, aren't you the waiter? If Cinderella's shoe was a perfect fit, how did it fall off in the first place? Friction. (laughs) What if oxygen is poisonous and it takes us 75 to 100 years to kill us? Or it takes just 75 to 100 years to kill us. What? Mm -hmm. No, I I get what you're saying, but what? (laughs) Birds aren't singing. They're screaming because they're afraid of heights. Listen with our souls. Or listen with your souls. If a deaf person goes to court, is it really a hearing? That's wrong, too. If actions speak louder than words, is sign language shouting? Just let that sink in. A trash bag is not a trash bag unless you put trash in it. Until then, it's just a bag. <laughs> our hair doesn't grow. It's running. It's trying to escape the evil within our minds. One more time on that one? <laughs> our hair doesn't grow. It's running. It's trying to escape the evil within our minds. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh. And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. 
Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Roberts Field Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. All right, we're jumping back in. We actually had to take a, a moment real fast and, and cut real fast. Um, Rebecca has a job that she has to do, and she realized that she hadn't done it yet. So her and my wife, Lacey, literally just up and left right now. So Rebecca is gone. She's out for the, the rest of the podcast. And because we were talking about doing another podcast tonight she might be gone next podcast we'll see what happens uh we'll just go from it um we're gonna keep going with you know the jaden smith tweets i'm gonna hold off on what i have to tell you about just because one of them is scary and zoe's here she's actually setting where rebecca was setting and i think that the content that i was going to share with you might be too scary for her so, well, I actually have something else that we can talk about that wouldn't be scary. So that's what's going on. That's why you're not going to hear Rebecca for the remainder of the show. I just want to throw that out there because I, you know, probably listeners like, what happened to her? So there you go. All right. Go ahead. Take it away. What do you got? Uh, what else you got? I was, I was quickly pulling up some, uh, something else I was going to talk about because she exited out of the tab. Um, Starting off back on the uh, the Jaden Smith tweets. Yes. Next one is Hakuna Matata means no worries, but ask yourself who placed that fear in them? Touch, feel, life. Jaden Smith. Oh Jesus! You know, <laughs> if my son was tweeting shit like that, and and he tweets some pretty bad shit, I won't lie because especially when he's not on his medicine, he doesn't you know he doesn't have full processed thoughts. But if he, I swear to God, if he were to post shit like that, I think I'd go and beat his ass. I really would. <laughs> uh, what's wrong with you, boy? I don't, I don't know. What do you mean, what's wrong with me? Actually, I think Jaden's got a deeper voice. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what else? Um, if soap always cleans dirty bodies, how does soap stay clean itself? It doesn't. That's why Mr. Jaden Smith 
when you get a bar of soap, which is almost obsolete because now it's mainly body washes, body wash, you know, yeah. but that's why when you get a bar of soap, you lather it up to wash the bacteria off the soap. Then you lather it on a washcloth or a loofah or however you prefer to wash yourself. That's your answer. So. Mm-hmm. All right, what else? Every second someone dies, every second someone is born, why, is our, why isn't our population zero? He doesn't know how to do math. <laughs> this is the last one. Okay. They want you to believe the sun is hot. I urge you to ask yourself, have they ever touched it? Tweet, like James. <clears throat> yeah, if my boy would tweet something like that, I swear to God I'd beat his ass. <laughs> I would. <laughs> uh, it's just different shit like that. It's just Oh my goodness. Okay. Time to talk about something uh, that is in combination with two of the most favorite things in my life. Okay. Music and video games. No, close. Music and hot sauce. Okay. <laughs> and this is, uh, I, I actually seen this on a different site. This, this comes from the Huffington Post. Okay. Good old Huffington Post. Mm hmm. Okay. There is a, there's a Sriracha Electric Dance Music Festival and it's going to be incredible. It says, in a combination guaranteed to blow your taste buds and ears out of the water, a festival is joining sriracha and electric dance music is an awesome pairing of sensory overload. In what may very well be the first foodie rave, the event called Electric Sriracha Festival will be taking place Saturday, August 30th in San Jose, California. The festival will have two city blocks, three stages of electronic music, four bars, and 120. 20 sriracha-infused dishes. Oh, shit. Drinks will also reportedly be on sale for $6, but mind-blowing experience will require a ticket. The website for the festival says that it will announce all music acts Monday, July 21st at 9 a.m. Until then, you can sign up for pre-sale and start preparing your taste buds and rave outfits. And as the folks at firstwefeast.com joke, the best part of the rave is that you can... Pl- replace Molly with Sriracha because we both know that oh, they Molly. basically have the same effect on the mind and the body. All we know is Steve Aoki, fingers crossed, <clears throat> and Sriracha sounds like the perfect combination of us. That, you had me all the way until they said swap out Molly's. <laughs> it's uh, funny because there's a, there's a GIF where it's like a, uh, a picture of like raves, there's like a whole bunch of lights and shit, and there's like a bunch of sriracha bottles flashing all over the screen. <laughs> That's cool. I'm waiting for somebody to come out with like uh neon glowing sriracha bottles with fucking glow in the dark shit in them. Oh, it'll be there. I bet you it'll be there. <laughs> That'd be instead awesome. Of the, instead of the glow sticks, you just have the sriracha bottles. Like, uh, now, if anybody, uh, is confused as to what they meant by the whole Steve Aoki thing mm-hmm. being there, the whole reason Steve Aoki is famous, um, and Rebecca, I showed Rebecca, uh, a, like a, not really an article about it, but it was like, uh, top DJs before they were, uh, popular or whatever. Steve Aoki, do you know who he is? No. Okay, well, he is the son to the heir of the Benihana restaurant franchise. Oh, okay. Okay. He, what he does is he, I don't know if he produces his own music because I, I read a, an article a long time ago stating that in fact he's not really a DJ. All he does is go to places because he's performing a human experiment, a human socialization experiment actually of you know, becoming a character in, in a uh, in a popular environment and seeing how far he's he's willing to go as well as the other people are willing to go to be as crazy as possible, but still maintain 
control. Yes. And um, what he's famous for doing is throwing cakes and pies at crowds. Like a food fight. Kind of, yeah. Okay. He's up on the stage. You know, he's <laughs> he's on the decks. He gets up. Somebody else is spinning or playing, whatever. Right. And he, you know, he walks out. He's got, like, big old cakes or big old pies in his hand. He starts chucking them at the crowd, and the crowd's going wild. Ah, you know. And he's famous for that. Really? Yes. And I know that, that, that you know, I might get some shit for this, but I... Nowhere says anything that Steve Aoki produces his own music. Interesting. But let me just jump in here and real fast and say, you know, you're talking about getting shit. I rule a thumb, especially when it comes to seeing red emails. If it starts like remotely negative, I'll stop and delete it. I don't even read, <laughs> you know, like, let me tell you something. Delete. Well, uh, I know, I know that you've got, you know, negative feedback all week, and I'm sure, you, uh, I'm sure you'll be talking about that on Who's the Boss. Yeah, actually, I just talked about it. Um, let's see, this came out on Monday, so the the Who's the Boss has already come out. It came out on Saturday, but yeah, I I I did. I got a lot of negative feedback. Um. I'm over it though. I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I told you, I'm just like, you know, that's, that, that's why I don't deal with people. Um, I, I, cause I, I, <laughs> I was laughing cause you were telling me, you're like, you know what? I should just give, uh, give you Jay Zomon. I'm like, well, why would you do that? Well, because, uh, I'm, I think I'm too nice. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> I think I'm too nice. I'm like, well, I can kind of understand that because, you know, from, from my, my standpoint is you're trying to, to keep the peace. Right. You're trying to keep the peace. Be professional about yeah. it. And I'm the kind of person I, I'll give it to you bluntly. You can take it any way you want. That's, if it's a way that I feel about something. Right. I mean, if, if you're willing to work something out, you know, by all means. But if it's just going to be like, well, I don't want to be a part of this because I don't want to be associated with you. It's like, really? <clears throat> so it, 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 if you were to even accept somebody else's offer, it's not just joining. Oh, okay. Well, we're, we'll be a part of your network, but we're not going to, we don't want to be associated with you. Right. Then why would you want to ask? Or why would you want to accept an invitation to join a network? Full knowingly that there's multiple shows on the network. Right. That's why it's called a network. Yes. Which I'm glad you brought that up because um, there was some idea, and, and I'm just going to talk about it now a little bit. You and Rebecca are talking about doing a podcast, just you two. Yes. Um, but... If that doesn't happen, we're looking at just dropping because when I hit episode forty of Who's the Boss, yes, that's the end of the show. That's that's the end of the series. I'm not doing no more Who's the Bosses. Um, we have a Wednesday spot open, so that means that we have five podcasts. So if if you guys don't do the podcast, like you know, you know, shit happens. Yeah. Um, then I'm going to merge it and I'm just going to run podcast five days a week. Okay. And, um, because, and a lot of people, I don't know. I mean, the, the podcasters, everybody that affiliated with us knows how much work that I put into it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, especially seven days a week. That means I am doing something with the podcast, with the network every single day. day. Mm-hmm. Holidays and weekends every single day. And that, that takes, you know, it, it gets, I kind of understand why other networks take the weekend off because it's, it's very taxing. And, you know, if, if we would have ran all seven shows, that's fine, you know, because that's, that's the way it was. But since we're down to five, 
Mm-hmm. We also had more people, you know, helping. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, with with the loss of... Uh, Terry. Yeah, Terry, Terry and, and... My show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, not not even just that. It's just the um, the whole spiel that you had with the those other people. I'm not gonna mention who, but those other people. Um, they, like I said, they full knowingly. You sent them an invitation. Well, you know, part yeah. of a. Actually, they contacted me. First. Oh, they did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, however it was, <laughs> however it was. No. They just, like I said, full knowingly, full knowingly, they would be a part of a podcasting network. Right. And, you know, the funny thing is, kids, is Aaron doesn't sit down and do this for money. No. I don't sit down. I don't do everything that I do for money. Rebecca or Mike, Rob, Jason... Jim, Nick, everybody in the network, Sadie, you know, and, and especially Sadie. Sadie's, she's, she's losing the one, money. Yeah, I was going to say, she's <laughs> the one burning it. Yeah, she's losing money on this. We're not doing it for money. We're doing it for fun. Yes. It's, it's all in good fun. Nothing should ever be serious when it comes to podcasting unless it's like breaking news. Right. Like whatever. Brian but, Singer caught fucking a horse, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Face deep in that bitch. No. Um, but what I'm getting at is, is that there's ways, there's two ways to make money in podcasting. Mm-hmm. And that is through advertising and through live shows. Now, anybody can go do a live show. That's on them. The network has nothing to do with that. Okay, Mm -hmm. but to do advertising through a network. Okay, because I said this in Who's the Boss. I'm going to repeat myself, but just to to fill you in because you weren't there for Who's the Boss. The reason why we have advertisements is because S. Sadie Burbank puts her own money into this. Mm -hmm. Okay, she has bought the three hundred dollar mics. Each mic that we have is $300. We have backup USB mics that were like 70 bucks a piece. She bought the stands that are connected to the mics. The cords, the mix amp. Yeah, she bought the US, or the, what are they, XML, XMR. XML. She bought the cords, okay? Or MXL. MXL, there you go. MXL. She bought the cords. She bought the amp. She bought the splitters, the sp- connectors. Everything yes. she bought. Okay. Headsets. <laughs> yes, the headsets, the extensions, which unfortunately don't work, but you know, whatever. But what I'm getting at, kids, is she has put a lot of money into this. And this is because she has faith in what I can do as a business person. I sat here with Aaron and Rebecca. I sat with, you know, uh, Sadie herself. I, I used to set with Terry, you know, as a podcaster, but don't, don't think for one second. Yes, I am a podcaster, but don't forget the significant thing. And I've tried to deny this. And the more I think about it, the more I realize I cannot deny this because I've been doing it since I was 13 fucking years old. And that is, I am a businessman. I'm a very good businessman. And in response to good business, you have a backer that's putting all this fucking money into you because she believes in you. She believes in your ideas and your dreams. You have to give something back. What I did, I said, Sadie, I'm going to give you an advertisement. On every show that we do through the Jason Modcast, I'm going to give you an advertisement. That way, it plays your book. Now, anybody out there, you can pay $50 per show to have an advertisement. Okay? So you do the math. I'm giving her a $50 advertisement every single show. So that's what? 300, let's see. Oh, then two, three. 
five times seven or five. Well, times let's five? see. Three we three fifty a week. I'm giving her three hundred and fifty dollars a week in ads. Because she spent that much money on us. Mm-hmm. That is why. It's good business. It's not because I'm trying to get rich. It's not because you're trying to get rich. I'm not trying to make the network famous. You know. I'm I'm just gonna go off of what you what you said though. I'm here for fucking shits and giggles. Right. I give a fuck less what people think about me. You know, quite honest, like I said, I gave up on people a long time ago. Either you like me or you love me. You know what I'm saying? Right. If if we can converse and had and have, you know, a formidable conversation and go back and forth, you know, that's that's good. Right. If it's just like Oh, hi, oh, hi, oh, oh, okay, bye. Like, exactly. But you know what? Also, go to episode one. See the progression. Scene red number one. Well, it's actually scene red sibling rivalry number one. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> I said, the reason why I started this podcast, this network, is because I wanted to talk with friends and family. Mm-hmm. To this day, that still holds to effect. More so than when I, when we started almost two years ago. Yes. Why? Because through the podcast, you and I have bonded. Yeah. Significantly. We're, we're no longer just dudes. Yes. You know, and, and you're not just my brother-in-law. You're my, my friend. brother and friend. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Rebecca and I, I haven't had a, a, a bond this close with Rebecca in years. You know, unfortunately, there is kind of a backfire to it. You you kind of realize that certain friendships are just based on business yes. when you can't talk friends, but you can you can talk great business, but you can't you talk, talk as friends. friends. No, you know, and and that's kind of a a backfire. You know, mm. and that's what happened to a particular show that I was doing. Is we could talk great business. We had full long hour conversations with business. But when it came to personal interest and, and stuff like that, we couldn't do it. Yeah. And that's why the show ended. There's the, coming off of that actually, uh-huh. uh, there's, I can't remember exactly what it's called. I think it's called Tech Crunch. Have you ever heard of that? Uh-uh. It's like, um, it's, I, I think it's an, like a, kind of like a podcasting thing. But they, it's like, uh, they talk about different, you know, things moving up, um, economically and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, I was thinking like that. I was like, yeah, you, you can go out, you know, you're passionate about whatever that you're passionate about, say video games, comics, business, you know, not even just business, economics, right. uh, science. You know, you can go find people to talk to discuss like i said have full conversations and you could just be like okay we're done by like nothing right yeah and to me that's just like when i'm gonna talk to somebody i'm gonna talk to somebody with full emotion i'm gonna give it my all right you know what i'm saying because to me like i said you like me or you love me if you don't want to talk to me that's fine i don't give a fuck you know, it don't hurt my feelings, man. That's yeah, same here. That's just the way I've always been because the way I grew up. Because there has to be a mutual understanding, a mutual respect between people, right? When you come together in a show, or you come as a show with other people, with new people, you should be willing to take on everything. You know, especially if basically. Free advertisement. Right. And if that's all that you want from joining new people, then that will crash down upon you tenfold. Because nobody's going to want to accept you. You're going to have to do everything by yourself. And you're going to have to fund everything by yourself unless you want to start a Kickstarter campaign, which a lot of people are not willing to back podcasts that are in it for themselves. Right. So, 
like uh like you said, Mary Lynn, she well not Mary Lynn, uh S. Sadie Burbank. Her pseudonym. <laughs> yeah. She actually uh yesterday on uh what we think, she actually said my real name is. Yeah. That's so, why I, that's why I had to yeah. go back real fast and, and correct that because uh a lot of people don't really correlate the shows between each other, and if they do, they already know who she is. Right. So if I say Mary Lynn, they're like, who the fuck is that? Like, right. pseudonym. It's S. Sadie Burbank, but that's her real name is Mary Lynn. Yeah. But we call her, I call her Sadie so much, I actually, when we're not even recording, I still call her Sadie sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. So what were you saying about her? Um, that, Like like you said, you mentioned, you know, she's willing to back this all because, you know, she believes in something. She knows that we, we, as a group of people, intellectuals, you know, we can converse and, you know, produce content that people are going to want to listen to. Right. And I think, I don't know, it's, um, it's just kind of tough. And I, I didn't realize I still had a little bit of bent, pent up, you know, frustration behind what happened, but. No, it, it's fine. This is seeing red. We don't give a shit. <laughs> But you know what? Um, we're just going to stay with the five shows that we have. We're not looking for no new shows. The reason I say that Aaron and Rebecca can have a new show is because, well, what is this, episode 80-something? Yeah. You know, I know the chemistry. I know that you 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 guys don't need me to podcast. Yeah. I know the two of you can sit down and do a great podcast with us. Just like me and you can sit down and do a great podcast. We did, we've done that before on Who's the Boss. Right. So, I mean, uh, it's just, all I can say is that if we do get this up and running, it's going to be a lot of fun. And oh, the, you know, new, the new podcast? Yeah, and, and, uh, we'll, we'll have some organization with it. It'll, I can say it'll, behind the scenes, it'll be, uh, sort of ran, um, sort of ran through, like, uh, uh, what we think. Okay. And, and, and we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll have, we'll have some organization, cause there's a lot of things that we want to talk about, but we can't always convey all that stuff into one show, because then it turns into a run-on. Right. So, so you we, have yeah. to break it up into segments. Yes. So, all I can say is that we're going to have some fun. Yes. And uh, whenever you want to talk about some of the stuff that you want to talk about, we'll get you in on some of it. Because you're always welcome. You know that. Right. <laughs> always welcome over here and always welcome over there. It don't matter. And you can either of us. Get me started and you can't get me to shut up. Give him a Corona and, and uh, some lemon. That'll be good. Oh, I'll get deep, man. <laughs> That was fun last night. Uh, uh, to, going back on that comment, actually, uh, last night we we had some. Well, not last night. Well, yeah, it was last. Well, yeah, it was last night. We'll just say last night. Um, we we had some fun. Uh, we got a little bit of happy going on last night because liquid sunshine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we ran to the store, and this is the first time that. Uh, that I've seen Kevin drink. I don't know about Rebecca, but this is the first time I've seen uh, David K. Montoya drink. And uh, it was actually a lot of fun to see you drink. You're all, ooh. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> well, plus, you know, we had a great dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was very entertaining all around. Yeah. She I, made some, what was the steak and... Mm, Steak tacos, yes. Yeah. But I went to, I went to my limit. I was, I was buzzed. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't even tipsy. I was just buzzed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was just good. Good dinner, good time, good fellowship, and it was just enjoyable all the way around. Yeah. We were, we were talking about, uh, how fucked up Marvel is now. <clears throat> and you're gonna have to save that thought because I think that's what we're gonna mm-hmm. start with next week. Because believe it or not, we're out of time. I know. That's why I said <laughs> I'll just leave it hanging there. Because then they're like, "Ooh, well, what are they going to talk about?" Hmm, I wonder. 
All right, kids, that is it for this week. I am David K. Montoya. And I'm Aaron Illich. And if you're not into having one of your co-hosts split on you right in the middle of the show, and then the other co-host rant for the half, the rest of half the show, just rant and rant and rant, then you're seeing red. <laughs> Good night. Welcome to Seeing Red. Say we didn't warn you.